0: You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where Encounter Meets Mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and across Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio.
1: Hey, friends, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where Encounter Meets Mission. My name is Brad Piron. I'll be the host for today's episode, and I'm joined in studio with my friends and brothers in Christ, Aaron Richards hey and Dan Dimatte. <laughs> Gents, how are we doing? It's it's a good day. Yeah. It's I'm like excited the only to be here. I know how to ask at the beginning. Yeah. How, how you doing? I know. You know? Yeah,
2: it's, how do you start a show without being awkward? It's a tough challenge. To if it. you have a podcast, I'm going
0: to yeah. think of a great question next time I host. <laughs> anyway,
1: good, good, good. Well, um, welcome to this episode. And if you've never joined us before on Beyond Damascus, this is the show where encounter, in fact, meets mission. So we hope through this episode, you encounter truth in a new way, that you encounter Jesus in a new way through the conversations that we're going to have. And then we hope that it leads you to a life of mission. And in fact, this is a missional podcast. So we actually have a mission partner who's willing to give $10 for every new subscriber we have. So if you want to hit that subscribe button before listening today, that would greatly bless us. But in this episode, like we do in all of our Beyond Damascus episodes, we're going to start with a question that you Uh, our listeners submit to us. And we're going to do our best to answer that by giving our two cents on it. We're going to have some discussion around it, and then we're going to move into mission momentum. And again, because every time we encounter Jesus in a new way, anytime that we encounter new information about the Lord, we should implement that into our lives so that we can live lives of mission. So in order to do that, I'm going to throw it over. Jack, what is our question of the week? The question of the week is, how do I discern what is actually God's voice? How do I discern what is actually God's voice? My favorite okay. question. Yeah, it is a good question. Um, One more time. Jack, can you repeat it just so I have it in my mind? All yeah, well sure. and good? Yeah, yeah. sure, Brad. Uh, how do I discern what is actually God's voice? How do I, I think the
2: context God. for this is really good too because we get this question a lot from people mm-hmm. uh, because we we teach our campers and we teach our missionaries how to hear God in prayer and mm-hmm. so we're we're teaching a lot of times as you can you actually can hear God's yeah. voice. So this this question presumes that I can hear God's voice but I have to discern is that God's voice or not? And I think it's it's a sweet question. Yeah, it is. I have I have some
1: thoughts. I'll put my two cents in first. I actually love this question because of my experience with it. I think that one of the things that changed my life the most in the last seven years of being at Damascus is the fact that we consistently come back to the principle that we can hear the Lord Mm -hmm. and that when we can hear the Lord, we can act from that place. We can live from that place. And I want to keep my answer really simple. So how do we discern what is actually God's voice? Because it'll be God's voice. Like um, His voice is distinct, and His voice isn't distinct necessarily in the way that it sounds. It's not necessarily distinct in the way that it's phrased, but it's distinct in <laughs> it's distinct in what it's what it's doing in your heart when it comes. So, like, I think that whenever whenever I think about hearing the voice of God the first thing I think of is like, what is the nature of God's voice? And what what does that do for us whenever it comes in that way? So like when we read scripture and we see that God's voice is a voice that is affirming and that when it affirms, it sets us on a path to do great things with our life. When we see that in scripture, God's voice, when challenging, challenges something. So the outcome on the other side can be greater relationship with Him. And I, I wonder if in our Amazing theology classes. And if in our amazing pursuits of mission, we've lost how simple God wants his relationship with us to be. Yeah. He wants it to be like the relationship we have in this podcast, where we're speaking back and forth, where sometimes we're listening more than speaking, sometimes we're speaking more than listening. Sometimes we're going back and forth. Like God wants that for us. And so I would I would just give context to what God's voice actually is when we look through the course of the church and Uh, when we look through scripture, like what does his voice sound like whenever you read it? Like what, what is that? And I, I I always go back to Genesis and in Genesis one, when, whenever, um, God creates the heavens and the earth, it follows up in two where the fall happens. Right. And whenever we read through the fall, we can read that God's voice says, where are you? And I always like putting on to that, like, where do we put the emphasis Like whenever we fall and we hide ourselves from God, does he come and does he angrily yell, where are you? Or does he come with a broken heart saying, where are you? Because you were always meant to be with me. And so as we read, not just a certain line and determine that to be the voice of God, but when we take in the entire context of what we've grown in the faith to know as the voice of God, we can begin putting that into our own lives. And it can be really simple where we sit down and whenever he speaks, it's like, oh, that's the voice that I know. And that's the voice that leads me.
0: Yeah. I think of uh in John chapter 10 Jesus uses the the imagery of the shepherd and the sheep. Mm-hmm. And he identifies that that we are the sheep and and that one of the primary characteristics of understanding ourselves as sheep is that we have this capacity mm-hmm. to hear the voice of the shepherd and to know the voice of the shepherd. And he actually he he draws distinction. He says that we will not follow the voice of the enemy because we don't know the voice of the enemy we know the voice of the shepherd so if if we stay close to the lord and if we engage with him consistently in prayer right that the voice of the shepherd the character of the shepherd is something we can know and then something we can trust Uh, i i recall a number of people who've asked you know isn't it dangerous to invite young people into a place where they could be hearing supernatural influence in their hearts. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, that's the definition of prayer, mm-hmm. right? And, and we believe that we have a Lord who, who wants to speak to us, who wants us to open our hearts to him, and who therefore by virtue of that relationship is gonna, is gonna take care of us. Mm-hmm. He's gonna safeguard us. He's gonna, he's gonna keep us safe. Um, another thing, Brad, that you mentioned is uh, mm-hmm. that, that the Lord never speaks a word that's contrary to himself so we know that god is one right and that god speaks never in a way that would divide himself mm-hmm. so the body cannot be divided from the head god will god will never speak a word to you in your personal prayer that's contrary to scripture right that's contrary to the tradition of the church it just doesn't happen if if you're experiencing that kind of a of a dynamic then like we've got to talk to somebody who can help you work through that but but God wants you to know his voice and he's going to help to guide you there.
2: I love that, Aaron. Yeah. I think kind of echoing your testimony, Brad, for me, um, I think a lot of people, especially when they come to Damascus, because we we're so intentional on teaching how to hear the voice of the Lord in prayer. And we're very, we're very, very intentional on it. I see so many people like, well, I've been praying, but I never heard God, like God's voice. And it's always kind of, Baffled me because I would say it's been very simple for me too. I I just knew it was his voice, and I never asked myself, "Is this his voice or not?" And I think it's because my relationship with him started with reading scripture mm-hmm. and really rooting myself. In, and And there's something, there's just something poetic about mm-hmm. the voice of God. There's something beautiful about the voice of God, and that's why when you read his uh, encyclicals or church documents. You you hear that as well. There's something beautiful. There's there's something different about like this book by G.K. Chesterton, Orthodoxy, right? Mm-hmm. That when I read something uh, uh, in church tradition, it just sounds different than G.K. Chesterton, right? Mm-hmm. There's something beautiful and poetic, and it's it's just that's why I know that God's voice is in Scripture and tradition mm-hmm. because. It just sounds like him. And I think when you have a relationship, like when my wife calls, I don't have to look at the caller ID to know it's her voice. It's just, I, I know her voice because I've spent time with her. So I hear
1: it. And I think, yeah. I think it's very simple. Yeah. That's it's funny. Cause at the beginning I was emphasizing, like, it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's almost so simple, but that's what indicates that it's his voice, right? It's not, it's not that like when I hear God's voice, I hear it differently than my thoughts sometimes or something like that, but I know it's him because it's simpler. My thoughts get all messy and intertwined with all of these things. His words are always spirit and life. They're just, they're simple and they're straightforward and they cut to the point. And it's, it's the point of prayer is not just thinking. The point of prayer is communication with God. And I think sometimes the people that come here and they hear that teaching, what they're ultimately saying is I've spent all of these years in prayer, just thinking Mm -hmm. I've just spent all of these years in prayer, like in my mind, thinking what the best way to live my life is and calling it God. But when we can hear from him, it brings peace, not anxiety and all the rest. So, yeah, yeah,
0: I'm ready for my two cents. Oh, Aaron.
1: Oh, <laughs> almost, almost yeah. two for two. Well, the first one's in. Uh,
0: okay. So Jesus, when the voice, when the voice of God speaks, things change, right? I, I like to look to Genesis when, when God says, let there be light, what happens? Well, light burst forth from the mouth of God at 186,000 miles a second, right? That when, when God speaks- Hey, Jack, can you look that up? Is that Thanks true? <laughs> it, is, it is in fact the speed of light. I know, I trust you. Uh, when, when, when God speaks, things change. And there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful scripture that, that would support this in Matthew chapter seven. Jesus is speaking, beware of false prophets, right? Who would speak a voice that's, that's other than the voice of God. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. How do we know the difference between the sheep, between the, 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 the truth and the wolf in sheep's clothing? It's in uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. You will know them by their fruits, right? Our grapes gathered from thorns or our figs from thistles. So every sound tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A sound tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So when I, when I experience God speaking, when I experience God's word in my life, I need to just ask myself the question, what kind of fruit is this bearing? Right? This is one of my favorite ways of answering uh, uh, criticisms or questions or curiosities about what's, you know, what, what kids might experience in prayer in their, in their time here at Damascus is what's the fruit? What, what are you experiencing right now? Is, is the result of this new experience fear? Or is it peace and joy and, uh, you know, the fruits of the spirit, right? Am, am, am I brought into a place of, of greater self-control, of a sound mind, um, that, 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 that love will be the fruit of this encounter? And we can begin to use that as sort of this barometer of understanding, okay, is, is the Lord speaking effectively? How do we know that from the fruit that it bears?
2: There's a great example in Acts. Of the apostles of that. I think it's um, <clears throat> the prophet Agabus, and he, um, what does he do? He like he ties up Paul's hands and feet, mm-hmm. right? And he says that you're going to be like handed over um, into captivity. And yeah. for those around Paul, they're like, no, no, that's like, it, and they go. But the prophet was here. Agabus was hearing from the word of the Lord, and he spoke that word, and um, it bore. Paul received the word. So the people around, it, it brought fear in them, but the word wasn't for them. The word mm-hmm. was from Paul, and it brought peace to Paul. And so it was a challenging, hard war you, word. You're going to be bound and, and handed over, and yet Paul received that word with peace. And so even sometimes you may hear a challenging word from the Lord. It, if it, it, You can still be afraid without it being fear. Right that you can be afraid, like, oh man, that's like i'm I, that that is scary, right, but you can still, in the midst of that afraidness, uh be at peace with the word that this is God
1: well so long, yeah,
2: it's it's what it's oriented towards,
1: right so like I, I love the scripture that you were reading, Aaron that certain trees by their essence, bear certain fruit, right and and like even if an apple tree has an apple that at the time seems sour, it falls to the ground with its seeds, and it's still produces other apple trees, yep. you know? And so the, the limbs of the Lord, right. They produce a fruit that is going to transform us. It's funny because when the middle schoolers come to retreat here, one of my favorite things to go back to when I give a middle school message and I've, I've implemented it into like high school and college now, cause we're all just complicated middle schoolers. But, um, I, I'll just, I'll say that the Lord never wants to take from us. He wants to transform like the Lord's orientation, even when he does take quote unquote, it's transformational. He, he's never leaving us empty handed. He's always bringing something new. So like, even if it's a challenge, is it oriented towards a newness in your life? Can you see that? Whoa, that challenging word is preparing me for this thing. And I can see that because that's where that piece comes in, right? Is when I know that he's about a transformative work, I I can recognize when his voice is challenging, that it's still wow. his because it's, orienting me towards change beautiful
2: all right my two cents
1: hey mm-hmm.
2: um all right uh you, um, <laughs> yeah. First, yeah how do you how do i discern what is actually god's voice i think first of all if you are really trying to discern like what i'm hearing is this of god or not from god i think just get into the state of grace. And so if like, go to confession, if you're just hearing something big and you're trying to hear God's voice, go to confession. And if we're in the state of grace, we can have, um, as children of God, we we can have confidence that we're not being deceived by the devil, right? So the state of grace and going to confession, going to mass, it allows us to be, God doesn't want to trick us. He doesn't want to fool us. He doesn't Um, but I think there is, there are contrary voices that we can hear in our mind. So you talked about the sheep and the shepherd that in Jesus's time, the reason he used that analogy was because there would be multiple shepherds uh, in the field at the same time with all of their sheep. And so you could imagine if there's 400 sheep in the field and four different shepherds. And so then well, all the, like, how do I know which shepherd is mine? Well, the sheep, like they would just hear their shepherd's voice. And when their shepherd says, come on sheep, they, they would follow. And if they heard another shepherd say, come on sheep, they wouldn't follow that one. They just, they knew his voice. And, but you do hear other voices, right? So the the voice of the enemy does attack us in our mind. And sometimes we hear um, negative words like, Dan, you're a failure or, or Dan, you're not good enough to do that. Dan, you, and, and we need to be able to recognize those and discern those, that those are not the shepherd's voice. Those come from the, 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 the accuser and the voice of the evil one. And um, what Paul says is take every thought captive and lay at the foot of the cross. Right. And so when you're taking, when, when your mind, and sometimes when we're discerning something big, um, anxiety wells up in us and the, the evil one wants to use anxiety to confuse us. And Brad, like you said, the voice is very simple. So just take those thoughts captive and put them at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, like, I want to hear your voice and I want to know your voice and just stay rooted in him. And, and is like, he is your shepherd. Listen, carefully listen. And you'll just, you'll be able to hear his voice discerning, get in the state of grace, I think sometimes listening to other people is really important. Like God speaks through other people. So what does my what do my friends say? What does my priest say? What is it, what is like like I I go to Aaron and Brad a lot when I'm trying to discern something because I know um that God speaks through you guys a lot. So who are those people? And then even discerning, like very broadly, the voice of God will never ask you to go against church teaching, right? And so, like weigh it up against scripture and church teaching. And if if it's something that is opposed to that, like no, that's not God's voice.
0: Dan, can I make a comment on what you said? Sure, the, uh, go for it. the The scripture says that that they will know. Uh, they will not listen to the voice of the enemy because they do not know the enemy. And I wonder if the reason that we often hear the voice of the enemy is because we spend too much time getting to know the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Right? I doubt that. I doubt that my my five year old child you know, aside, I guess, let me, let me, let me change the analogy. Cause she probably hears a voice of accusation from the times that I have, I, as a parent have spoken contrary to the, to the the word of God in a way out of anger or frustration, but like Maren, our baby, uh, I doubt she has to wrestle with hearing a voice of criticism and accusation in her mind right yeah. now, because she's not aligned herself with any words of of accusation or, or, uh, any derogatory phrases that might have been spoken about a person, but when we when we sit ourselves in in a media culture that's often sarcastic and negative, negative in the books and the words, in uh, in the music that we that we listen to, and the conversations that we tolerate with friends with peers, right that 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 can actually become something that we become familiar with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good word. Well, it's also funny. I, I'm thinking just to human development as you were talking about little ones and. I I was told this a few years ago and it's, it's convicted my heart in the, in the spiritual sense that when you're growing up, like as a kid, you don't learn a language. You actually unlearn the phonemes that you don't use for that language. So like a baby will babble all of the phonemes. So all the different languages take on the different phonemes and a a particular language is actually the reduction of the ones not used. So Mm -hmm. the baby actually unlearns the ones that aren't necessary to speak that language. And then the language is there. And over, if we can use the analogy in the spiritual walk, like, yeah, when we're we're at the innocence of that young age, there's this ability to understand that all of this is God. And then over time that we unlearn aspects of him as it chisels away, as our experience comes. And then we have a boxed in God. And we talk about that all the time. Like, let's get God out of the box. Because I do think sometimes it's like, oh, I know God spoke to those saints. So I'll read their books. It's like, yeah, he also wants to speak to you. And it's okay to get to like that down the funnel where you're like, I'll read post-conciliar documents, scripture and the lives of the saints. You know, it's like, that's great. I'm not saying don't do that, but take a step out of that and know that those saints weren't always St. Teresa of Avila. They were Teresa of Avila who was hearing from God and writing things down. And so if we can, again, kind of work backwards back to where we, have all of the phonemes at our disposal, if we can use the analogy, then we can begin yeah. seeing the full spectrum of God instead of this uh, dumbed-down version that we can buy into sometimes. I love it. Good stuff. Well, um, I think it's time to move into mission momentum. So um, we've talked about hearing God's voice and how we can discern if it's actually it. So what is one way that we can put the discussion we've had today into action in the week to
0: come i have two i'm wrestling with so i want you guys to go first so okay. i see if yeah, one of yeah. you
2: takes it do you have
1: one immediately I'm i, I, I have through. one yeah. yeah this
2: is a. I um i would write to to kind of counteract the voice of the evil one that we sometimes hear i would make a list of the different negative things you hear in your mind i'm doing this with my kids right now we're going through seven habits of highly effective teens and mm. uh they They ask you what are the negative uh, paradigms you have of yourself, the negative lens that you look at yourself at, and they I had them write down the negative uh, paradigms of themselves and and then to ask god what is what is your view of this, right? And to listen to god and so if you, if maybe you struggle with the negative paradigm that I am ugly, then just ask the Lord, Father, how do you see me? and however, whatever you hear right when you ask that question directed to him, write that down. and I guarantee he's not going to be like you're ugly, right? Yeah. Like and this is how you can start deciphering. Okay, I have this negative paradigm. I've been listening to the voice of the accuser. Now I'm able to hear the voice of God to overcome that. And so this week, right, just make two lists, right? The negative paradigms that you sometimes hear and think about yourself and then ask the Father to speak his truth over those paradigms one by one so that you can hear his his word in your life.
1: Like it. I want to uh I want to move into the prophetic just for a minute for mission momentum. So um, we hear the Lord's voice for us and we hear the Lord's voice for others. And how can we actually decide if it's God's voice or not? Well, one of the ways is if we hear his voice for others, we share it with them and we mm-hmm. see if it lands with them. Cause if it doesn't, it was us. If it does, it was probably him. Cause we don't know anything about this person who we're sharing the word with, or even if you do share something outside of what you know. And so I think that's going to be my encouragement this week is go outside of yourself and ask the Lord to highlight someone to you at work or to highlight someone to you at home or to highlight someone to you in your um, call log, even though I think I've done that one before. But like, just ask the Lord to highlight someone to you, ask him his heart for them, and just deliver whatever you think he's speaking. And then whenever they respond, if they respond favorably, that, that's great. Just pray that the Lord would continue to love that person as they are. Like you can use your own words for it. And if the person says, well, I'm not sure if that lands, all you have to do is just say humbly, oh, great. Well, I was praying for you and I'm I'm working on hearing the voice of God and just know that he loves you, right? Like it, it gets us out of ourselves. It allows us to in, put into action. Is God speaking to me for this person? And if we get it wrong, it also gives us reason to go back to personal prayer where it's like, Lord, help me hear you better. So that's beautiful. My
0: can I add one more thought to that? Please, if if you need a uh, uh, if you need to keep the training wheels on, because mm. actually hearing a word and giving a word sounds yes. challenging or intimidating, sure. feel free to to receive to ask for the Lord to reveal a word from the Scripture for somebody, mm. and then to share that word. That's good. I
1: like okay. that. Yeah,
0: good. Okay, so Brad covered that part. Uh, then I, I've got another one um, for our listeners. We talked about understanding. It was funny. Dan and Brad, both of you, were using really great words about how I just know. I just know what God sounds like. Mm-hmm. And uh I I I went through an exercise the other day that was really it was really profound in my in my personal prayer. So this is a, a personal prayer mission uh, momentum for you to take a moment in personal prayer and uh think about the ways that you hear God's voice and try to begin uh, making a list of words that describe what God's voice sounds like to you. So, um, not things that God has said to you, but when when I hear and experience God's voice, I'm usually going to hear it in my own internal voice of my mind. Right? It's going to sound like my other thoughts sound, you know, generally. But there's there's usually a character or a sense that begins to come through where. I can clearly discern. Um, well, I, I believe I can. I can. I can typically clearly discern w- what is God speaking in my thoughts versus what are my my typical thoughts. And I was able to find the 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 way that I know that distinction is because God's voice it feels like it comes from a different place. It uh, it it feels like it comes from you know in my experience it feels like uh, it God is almost like speaking with within me as opposed to in front of me and that God is speaking in a way that as he speaks his his voice is soothing to me that i actually experience like a soothing um manifestation in my in my own in my own heart so to begin to label what god's voice sounds like so that we can then hear it more clearly
1: that's awesome it is it is well friends um let's live a life of mission this week we've been talking about hearing the voice of God here and let's live out the mission of seeking his voice for us, for others, for the world. Let's listen and let's see what his voice can do. In our lives. And this also, like we said at the beginning, is a show on mission. So if this blessed you and you know someone else it would bless, share this episode with others. And remember, as always, mission, mission makes, makes sense. sense. And we'll see you next week here on Beyond Damascus.
0: You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and across Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's episode on www.ewtn.com forward slash radio forward slash podcasts or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app we will be right back after a short commercial break
1: discover the beauty,
0: truth and goodness of the church With the EWTN Online Learning Series, you can delve into the riches of the faith and grow closer to the Lord with free videos and study guides. Enroll in the EWTN Online Learning Series free courses today at learningseries.ewtn.com.
2: The Dr. J Show podcast with Dr. Jennifer Roback-Morse features some of the most foremost leaders and thinkers on issues relating to marriage, family, and human sexuality. You can hear The Dr. J Show as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates around the world, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTN.com radio and click Podcast Central today. After
0: the show... Our standard one word is, wow, "Wow." every single time. We sit in awe of the callers.
2: They're very real. They really expose themselves in ways that they don't feel, I don't think, comfortable
1: doing on a lot of other shows.
2: It's amazing to see the Holy Spirit moving.
1: That's what Take Two is all about. Take Two with Jerry and Debbie weekdays at noon Eastern on EWTN Radio.
0: EWTN is everywhere. EWTN radio programming is provided free of charge to over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio stations. It's a great teaching tool for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. For a complete list of EWTN AM and FM stations across America, visit EWTNradio.net. At the bottom of the page, click Affiliates. EWTN is the global Catholic network. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where Encounter Meets Mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and across Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where Encounter Meets Mission. Friends, I'm Aaron Richards, joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio by my friends and brothers in Christ, Mr. Brad Pierron. Yes, sir. I'm Dan Devite. Hey, hey. We are counting our blessings here today on Beyond Damascus <laughs> and so excited to uh, to have you joining us here on the show again. You know Beyond Damascus with the show where Encounter Meets Mission, we love to answer the questions that you, our listening, viewing audience have about the faith. Those questions that you've submitted through comments or through email, uh, Jack, will, Jack will surprise us with a new question today and we'll do our best to throw in our two cents. And then we'll round out the show today with a reminder of some missionary momentum, how we can challenge ourselves to live it out this week. Uh, We're a show on mission as well. Uh, If you've been watching the last few episodes, you may know that we have an awesome and amazing uh, mission partner who's joined us here at Beyond Damascus. For everyone who joins our platform, who subscribes here this season our mission partner is donating $10 in support of Catholic Youth Summer Camp. It's the flagship program of our ministry, Damascus. We operate out of here in central Ohio. So check it out, damascus.net, visit, see what we're about and subscribe, join the platform, uh, share it with your, with your friends, with your family so that we can see this uh, impact grow. Jack, would you toss us a question, brother? Oh, wow, oh, here we uh, are.
1: Question of the day is: How can I get out of complacency in prayer? Oh boy, I love how that question. How can I get out of complacency? How in can I get out That's of a complacency good one. in prayer? That's a good one. Um, I think I'll go. I, I never th- ever have
2: complacency in prayer. Ever. Yours never is just once. always like yeah, just, perfect. Yeah. Brad has um, tossed his two cents. Within, I, minutes, I, well, I feel bad now because you know, I might just <laughs> always complacent yeah, in prayer. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I have to cents. I know how to do it. Yeah.
1: Complacency in prayer. I just, I think I love the question because it's honest, I think, which is why why, uh, Dan not being complacent in prayers just (laughs) proves his holiness so tremendously. But um, Like, well, I want to, I want to first just remind us that prayer is about relationship. And I know that that's told to us all the time, but when we lose that, I think we are bound to be complacent in it because when we lose sight of the fact that prayer is about relationship, we'll think it's about achieving a 30 minute objective, or we'll think that it's about telling my friends in small group that I have prayed that day or about feeling like a good person, but it's, it's not about any of those things. It's about relationship with God. And I think that, um, I, I've given a message on this before, so I think this is probably where I'll go. But there's, there's, I think three C's of relationship: it's commitment, connection, and complementarity. And um, and these, I think these replace complacency pretty well. So when you think about relationship, the first thing that you think is commitment. So like, being a person who shows up to prayer is one of the key ways to not become complacent in prayer because whenever I go to prayer begrudgingly or forget it all day and do it at the end of the day, if I'm not committed to it, I'm going to become complacent in it because it's just going to be something I need to get through instead of something I'm giving life to, you know? Um, second connection, like, if prayer is about relationship and relationship would be insufficient without connection, then we need to make sure that in prayer, we're connecting with God. One of the things I started just a couple of years ago is actually setting everything aside when I start my prayer and just praying the Jesus prayer and the Jesus prayer just helps me connect. It helps me realize that Jesus is the one that I'm spending time with. I'm not spending time with Nina and I's prayer room. I'm not spending time even just with like my Bible, the book, you know, like I'm spending time with Jesus whose words are in this Bible. Who is here with me and who's drawing me to prayer and then third is complementarity and this is funny to think about in the context of like relationship and prayer because god's perfect at everything but because god at certain times wants certain things for us we'll show up to prayer sometimes and god's gonna want to he's gonna want to speak to us a lot and in order to complement that i need to be in a disposition where i'm willing to listen a lot, right? There's going to be times where God wants me to speak a lot to him, where he knows there's things happening in my life and things on my heart that he wants me to have the freedom to give to him. So he's going to be in perfect, like, um, in like a perfect disposition to hear. Right. And so I want to compliment what I'm, but that won't happen if I don't connect. So I think when I'm committed to prayer and I go into prayer, wanting to connect with Jesus, wanting to connect with the father, wanting to connect with Holy spirit. When I, when I go in with those dispositions, I can begin sensing what God is actually inviting or doing in that space. And then I can complement it. Right. And so if we do that, like it's a similar question to like, how, how don't you become complacent in the other relationships? I think these three things, if you're a If you're committed in relationship, if you connect to the person you want relationship with, and if you compliment, you see what the other's bringing, uh, what what the other's desiring, and you're um, like in that dance with them, I think that uh, relationship and thus prayer uh, stay out of complacency.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think complacency definitely comes when you are committed to prayer, but there's no connection. Yeah, right? That's sure. Where, like sure. there's no relationship yeah, there. Yeah. There's a commitment. I'm here. I'm showing up. But you're right. I'm complacent because I'm not actually connected. Yeah. With it's one. not
1: just forgetting it and like trying to tie it in at the end of the day. It's even, hey, I've been doing 15 minutes for six years and I've lost the connection piece. Yep. It's just my 15 minutes in the morning or 30 minutes or an hour in the morning.
0: I think that connection piece is probably the hardest too.
1: Yeah, sure. I, I wonder how. Um,
0: I mean, for somebody who doesn't who doesn't have the ability to jump into that connection, how do how do we get there? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's always a question.
1: It is, yeah. I I, I also think sometimes uh, we can we can predetermine the connection needs to be deeper than what it can be in that moment. So the reason I went with the Jesus prayer is it was simplest for me. It, it's the way that I can get to a place where I know Jesus is with me. I think that when I first started realizing I wasn't connecting with the Lord like I wanted to, I'd come in and try all of these things, like I'm gonna go into like deep contemplation or like I'm gonna like just ask the Lord to show me what He's doing. And and for me, that created in me less of a grounding. Like it, it it left me for 15 minutes trying to figure out how to connect instead of just connecting. So that's how you rev the engine. So yeah. What's the Jesus no, prayer? Good if, they, if
2: someone's listening, they don't know yeah, what it is. What yeah. Is so
1: it? it's very simple. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me a sinner. And you can do that with breath. And so you can breathe in, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, and breathe out, have mercy on me, a sinner. And it just it just grounds me in the fact that, hey, I've, I've fallen short of your glory, Lord, but I'm here with you because you've allowed it to be possible for me to connect with you. And I want to connect with you. And you're the Lord of my life. It just gets all that in for me. So I love it. Lord of my life, the anointed one. It's Jesus's name, all the things that- it's your thing. It's how you move the engine. It, yeah. So find your, yes. your
2: engine rev. All right, here's yes. me. Oh, uh, okay. My two cents. Okay. Um, whoa, I just messed up my mic. Uh, yeah, you got excited. I, I think, uh, and kind of following up on just prayer is relationship. And mm-hmm. so let's be normal and let's realize that sometimes we get lazy in our relationships. Um, uh, marriage is a, is a good example. What do you do when you get complacent in your marriage? Well, sometimes you'll go on a date and you'll try to reactivate your heart, right? And I think for me, my answer would be, yeah, how do you get out of complacency and prayer? Do what it takes to reactivate your heart. And so if that is, um, you know, if if it's a trip in marriage, you would take a trip to reactivate your heart. And that maybe that means you need to do a retreat to reactivate your heart. Or if it's a date night, then do a date night with Jesus, do a holy hour, a holy two hours, reactivate your heart. I know for me, um, contrary to what I said earlier, sometimes when I deal with complacency and prayer, uh, I know the things that are my go-tos to reactivate my heart. So uh, worship, communal worship is one that reactivates my heart. So I've built communal worship into my life. I don't always want to do it. Like, uh, there We pray together as a community here through worship every Tuesday. Some mornings I'm driving in and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to put the effort into this this morning. And yet when I'm entering into worship, because I'm expressing myself and I'm engaging myself, it reactivates my heart. And I think a lot of times when I think about complacency, complacency is usually I'm doing something in, in a non-active way, right? And so I think if you want to reactivate your heart or reactivate your prayer life, then you want to do things, you want to do active style prayer to, to reactivate the co- contemplative prayer. So um, for me, communal worship is one of them. Uh, another one, I like to just walk in the silence in the woods, like re- reconnecting with the Lord and the beauty of nature, right? But it's it's an active prayer or praying with other people. Nothing reactivates my heart than asking another person, "What do you want prayers for?" and and having their heart exposed. It reactivates my heart to care about them, and so or praying for others, with others, for others, intercession. These are ways that my heart just gets activated again, which allows that relationship that you're talking about, Brad, to become real so that I'm loving as opposed to doing. And, um, and I think whenever the heart's involved, that's what builds the connection.
1: Yeah.
0: I've, I've been reading through the, uh, the practice of the presence of God uh, by Brother Lawrence. Yeah, and so one of the cool thoughts that he keeps going back to is, is right around this topic of, of, how to, of how to practice and to motivate yourself back into a place of intimacy. And his approach is super simple. He just like, it's always, I, I, I want to keep God on my mind and I want to keep love of God as my sole motivation. Mm-hmm. So like whenever I find myself thinking of something that's not, that's not of the Lord, I, I push that thought from my mind and I think of the Lord. Whenever, I'm, mm-hmm. whenever I find myself motivated by something that's not love of God, I, uh, I repent, I apologize, and I, and I reorient myself and think, how can I, how can I engage in this process motivated by love, yeah. motivated by love of God.
1: Yeah. I also like that you, I also like that you mentioned laziness, Dan, cause what you're saying there, Aaron, like those simple moves, it, it's kind of like whenever you have like a long to do list and it takes you forever just to get into it just to start. Right. There's this, there's this, um, this laziness that comes from, I think realizing that uh, the effort that it takes to do it might be more than I desire to give right now. But once you start giving the effort, it makes it so much simpler. Like once you start your day moving that towards the Lord. So the first time I have a thought that's outside the Lord and I push that out and I think on the Lord, it makes the rest of the day doing that so much easier. But the more I push it off, it's almost like the heavier it becomes to even get started. When um, when you mentioned laziness there, Dan, how did, how... Have you seen that maybe in mentorship or even in your own life? Like what, what makes us lazy in prayer? Is it just that it's not, I don't know, the most tangible thing in front of us? I'm just like, or is it because we know it should be good? I I'm trying to put my thumb on like, cause I feel that in my life I get lazy where yeah. it's like. I think it's our posture. Like yeah. so, there's
2: sometimes it's nice that like um, if you're talking about a relationship, or a, a spiritual union, right? And and you compare that with marriage. it's sometimes it's nice to just be quiet and and lay on the couch with your spouse, just holding each other. And but if that's all you ever did, you never engaged in in deep conversation and meaningful conversation. You never went out and engaged with other people. Like and you you there would be something lacking, right? Mm-hmm. And so if my prayer is just waking up in the morning and I'm, I usually do my set committed time of prayer first thing in the morning, I would say that's not usually my best prayer because I'm tired in the morning. I'm a little lazy. I'm drinking my coffee. It's restful. It's no one else is awake. I just love that. It's a peaceful time with the Lord. Those are beautiful, but I also, in order that will just become complacent. If I'm not reactivating myself throughout the day that I'm also going to worship, I'm also going to pray with people. I'm also going to pray a rosary. Like there's something about active prayer that breaks complacency, but those, those moments of rest are also really beautiful. You just need both.
1: Yeah, you're right. I, I, well, I, I want to try to make a distinction because I think when you were speaking that like spousal analogy, I think, um, there's a difference between healthy contentment and complacency. Yeah. Like there's a way to be health, healthily content. I don't know if that's how you say it, but like, if I'm going to prayer and I'm in a rhythm and, and the Lord and I are connecting, right. I've been committed to it. And, uh, I do feel like it's complementing what he's mm-hmm. asking me to do. And I get in, into like a rhythm that feels content. We don't have to, I guess I'm getting it back to the person asking this question, like make sure it's complacency because complacency is usually a choice. It's usually stale. It's usually lazy. Mm. It's got these things in it, but if it's a healthy contentment, like just push in further in that, that same place, because in, in relationships, sometimes to your point, Dan, if, if you're spending time and it's just you and your spouse and there's not much to say, and it's the end of the day, there's beauty in that. But, but there is a discernment to be had, I think between, I don't know if that's the right distinction, but something like that.
0: All right. Here's some two cents. Uh Uh-oh. Oh. that one was Overshot. close
1: that one off the rim. did hit it
2: okay uh two cents i uh, i don't if you don't make them i don't think you get to say your two cents isn't well, that
1: should that be the right well, i just wonder if if they have on to audio, hit the jar like, are they anticipating like they're not watching yeah. so they're just
2: like did he we throw it? two cents into the jar and aaron never some of us, go for it some of us it. throw two cents in <laughs> and yeah. some of us <laughs> lob
0: them in there okay here's here's my here's my two cents uh I agree, guys. That 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 prayer is the foundation of prayer, and and the the key to prayer is relationship with the Lord. Of course, um, I'll take another, little bit of a practical step. Like you've you've got to exercise this with intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I'm thinking, you know, in in the world we live in today, you know, with access to just all of the information that the world might hold, you can become an expert at anything. If if you dedicate enough time on YouTube or if you dedicate enough time in the library or or in in research, right, that if if there's truly a passion and a motivation that that is pushing you towards something that you love, like there's a there's a pathway toward finding success in that. <laughs> so, I, I would I would ask, okay, mm. if if you have an authentic motivation to to en- to engage and to grow in this, um, use the tools that are available to you. Right, I, I was quoting from Brother Lawrence, the presence, the practice of the presence of God. I, I find that uh, keeping a diverse experience of spiritual reading for me mm. is something that always always pushes me in a fresh direction. Um, whether that's from the Word of God, whether that's from Scripture itself, or whether that's from the reflections of a of a of a saint or or a, a leader in the past, or you know who knows? I, I've I've got a, a very diverse selection of fictional and nonfictional spiritual reading. Just so that I can always know that I'm I'm stretching every aspect of that muscle. Um, Dan, you mentioned uh, uh, maintaining a commitment to a to a specific time of prayer, right? That that it's that act of intentionality. You you've got to establish some routine in your life, or or it can never become something that actually takes root and builds good habit. What's what's the word for good habit? Virtue. Yep. Right. That as we as we build the virtue of prayer into our life, it just it becomes part of our character. And, and that's not easily lost, you know we don't get complacent with our character, but sometimes it's it's uh it, it takes some, it takes some work and commitment to get there
2: I, yeah I love so you mentioned if, if you have an authentic desire to be excellent at anything you, because of you can watch YouTube videos and kind of figure it out or like become excellent yeah, at it. and I don't know if YouTube's
0: the best well, way to become no, a saint. But.
2: well, I'm like thinking through all the different things that like I had a curiosity about, and I used youtube to uh, to to try to become good at it and i didn't have enough of a desire it wasn't a real desire so like i never hmm. became great at it cuz i eh, the, i would listen i would watch a few videos and and phase out and i think there to some extent there may be like the 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 first thing you need to do is just ask God for that burning desire to Mm -hmm. to like, that if there's complacency and you desire, uh, the intentionality you need is, God, give me the desire to be intentional about breaking this complacency so I enter into prayer with you. I've I've got an awesome
0: thought on that. So uh, this was actually, uh, my my buddy Joseph inspired this a few years ago that if you're asking this question, I'm assuming that you probably do have a desire to have some encounter with God or some relationship with God. And that probably means that at some point in the past that you have been in that place, right? That you've been in relationship with him. A good place to start is to just draw back in your memory and ask, Lord, when, when you met me the first time or when you met me that, that most meaningful time, what was my disposition? What was my heart? What was going on? And Lord, would you bring me back to that place? Would you mm-hmm. refresh that in me again? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes like... Uh, I don't know, we do grow, we do mature, we do change, but we're also somewhat consistent in our lives. Yeah. And what, what, what worked in the past might work again if, if, we, if we separate ourselves from the change in our environment.
1: Agreed. Yeah, I'm going back to a teaching that you give to our missionaries every year, Aaron, where you say when you begin um, doing what you once did by intuition with intention, you achieve acceleration and something like that. It's paraphrased, but is that, is that right. Right?
0: multiple layers of quotations? But yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but I think it's just, uh, it's so important to remember what you're saying, Aaron, in the world that we live in today, because we're in a world that's always telling you organics better, but it's co- like, but what it's saying is like, Um, and I don't mean like organic food or things like that. I mean like organic in your schedule, like don't, don't like wed yourself to too many things, like allow yourself like a diversity of choices. And I think it's like, yeah, but a lot of times that's just being said because you're too lazy to make a plan. Yep. Like you're, you're saying organic because you don't want to commit to this relationship. Yep. Like if if, if I, I hear this sometimes when men are like trying to make a small group or something yeah. like that, they're like, well, we just really want it to be organic. I'm like, aren't you all, all of you are married, right? And you all have kids. You think that <laughs> organically all of you are going to show up in the same place and it's just going to like work out? It's it. No, there can be those opportunities for I think what they're trying to say is we want authenticity. We don't want it to just be routine. We don't just want it to be blocked off, but, but both sides, like if you just want it to be blocked off again, you're going to become complacent. If, if you do just allow it to be whatever it becomes, that's going to become complacent too. There is this balance between like, yeah, allowing the Lord, like brother Lawrence is saying to draw you to himself regularly, but also intentionally. And when are you doing those intentional things and how are you making them work?
2: It's a, I mean, it's, it's so silly. I think we're all actually giving the exact same answer. A relationship requires intentional connection. And so if I want a relationship with the Lord, I have to have an intentional connection with him. I was, uh, is the show legal? If all of our, Oh, it's all of our two cents. (laughs) We didn't, we didn't give a variety of two cents. We're just giving the same two cents, you know, like, I mean, one of the, one of the things you can become most complacent in is praying a rosary, right? It's just a a repetitive prayer where it can be very, like, I'm just, but if I'm intentional on meditating on the mysteries, it can become a, a beautiful prayer. Right. Uh, I mean, yesterday I was, uh, I took my kids ice, not ice skating, um, What are you, roller skating. And it was a, like, I didn't know anyone there. They're out with their friends on the roller skating um, rink. I'm like, I'm just going to pray a rosary and and like walk through the roller skating rink with Jesus by my side. And it was like such a beautiful, I mean, it was chaos in this place. Like kids, adults, everything. demons were fleeing. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just so like in the midst of chaos, him and I were just taking a walk together in, in and just, it was so intentional that I said, hey, I want to spend this half hour with you as opposed to scrolling my phone. And it was a beautiful time. It's just an intentional connection.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm excited to see on this topic where our our missionary momentum leads us today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, yeah, we, we are really tackling the same thing. Why? Because it's the heart of Jesus. That's where we're getting at. The way to mm-hmm. the way to escape complacency in prayer is to connect with a person mm-hmm. who's eternal and unchanging, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but, but ever ancient and never new. And, uh, the second half of the show is where, where we, we give our, our challenge for the week, our our missionary momentum to invite you to actually engage in a way that can, that can be transformative. Um, anybody got a, anybody got a challenge to propose?
1: Yeah, I can go. I think I'm just inspired by what you were saying, uh, with Jesus because Jesus, right. He's committed to relationship with the father. He's connected to the father and he compliments the father, like he's willing to receive whenever he's being asked. He's willing to give him his thoughts whenever he's uh, able to. I I also see in Jesus's life that he routinely prays with people and he prays with people, uh, not because he fails that day to take time to pray to the father, but he knows that in praying with people, he's reminded of the relationship that prayer is about, that it's about, it's about the father and it's about Us. And it's even interesting in the two greatest commandments, right? To love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like Jesus is always about getting us back to the heart of relationship. And if you're someone that in your personal prayer life, you're like, it's just hard for me right now to sit down for 30 minutes and not feel complacent in it. It's, it's just, I feel stale. Then get outside of that, right? Like not saying to stop doing that. What I'm saying is get outside of that to see what that could infuse into that. So if you're, if you're at a place where, um, you've not prayed with someone at work that has something going on in their life, instead of saying, you'll go home and pray about it. Just say, Hey, what you've been sharing with me has been on my heart. I I remember you saying that your parents are sick. Is it okay if I actually just pray with you right now that the Lord would have peace with you in this time, those simple moves again to, I think somewhat of what Dan was saying too, they can re-engage us and infuse into that personal prayer life. If we want to call it that uh, a real Hmm. fervor for relationship.
2: Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I, I want to just highlight the importance of this part of the show too, mission momentum, because this part of the show is meant to make sure we're not a church. That's just a talking head yeah. and a thought like mm. Christianity can also often become like something I think about, but I don't do. And so you're yeah. saying, okay, if you want to reactivate your heart and break complacency, go and pray with someone, yeah, like right. do something. Someone, right. Yeah. And I would say, uh, so if, if we're tempted, I think as humans huh. to read books Get ideas and not do anything with the it content because it feels like we did it by yes, reading, by it. reading, the book. by reading it. I did it. No, you didn't. By listening to Put the podcast yeah. and not doing anything, by praying and mm. not doing anything. Right. Yeah, so that's do good. something. And so my Mister Momentum would say, don't go to mass. Go to mass. So this week, don't just go to mass. As a good Catholic, you're going to go to mass. Thank you. That's awesome. The Lord is blessed by your commitment. But this week, go to mass and love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all mm-hmm. of your mind, all of your soul, and all of your strength. Go to Mass. If you have kids and it's been like five years since you've been able to go to Mass because there's a baby crying or drooling or kicking, then maybe do go to daily Mass by yourself so that there can be a time this week that you really go to Mass and allow that time when you're consummated with your lover in the Holy Eucharist, to become one with him who loves you and uh, and know what the mass is, go to there with intentionality and purpose. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, love that. Uh, mine for this week is uh, scripture says, uh, if you
0: honor the prophet, you'll receive the prophet's reward. And if you're struggling with complacency in prayer, my invitation today would be to uh, seek out somebody who you are uh, impressed, inspired by their prayer life and ask them to pray for you ask them to pray for you that your prayer life might grow and might, be, might succeed, might improve. I think, that, awesome. I think that we'll find that when we put ourselves in a posture of receptivity and honor, that the Lord will actually accomplish a great work in us.
1: Also vulnerability, if I can add that to that. because yeah, yeah. like the, the, the willingness to say, so whoever's asking this question, the willingness to say, hey, I've been struggling with complacency in prayer is a sign that you're going to get out of complacency in prayer, right? Like the willingness to even ask mm-hmm. is, is pretty important. I love that beautiful yeah.
0: these are sweet uh, hey if you're following the show and you want to ask us even to uh, to pray for you in the comments know that we do read those and and we will uh, engage with you and, and lift you up in prayer here in in this community as well thanks for joining us today this has been this has been exciting I, I've got a, a bonus mission momentum for you this week remember that we do have that donor who's who's committed to sponsor a camper for catholic youth summer camp for ten dollars for every person who joins our platform who subscribes to our platform this season so if you want to be on mission this week in a very practical and a very very simple way uh subscribe to subscribe to this show and also share it uh so that others can join here with us on mission thanks thanks for joining us this week Uh, We'll see you again next week. And remember, mission
1: makes makes sense. sense. Oh, I was so late. I was so late. God bless you guys. See you again soon.
0: (laughs) Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.